Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback out of the shotgun. First and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman, Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker. Ripped him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Nebraska volleyball, if you weren't aware, all right, they matched their best start since the 2006 national championship team at 23-0 with a five-set thriller versus Penn State and a sweep at Rutgers over the weekend. They were down two sets to nothing to Penn State, and they came back and did the reverse sweep, so to speak, won three in a row, won the match, and beat a very game Penn State Nittany Lions volleyball team on the road. All right, Merritt Beeson with 47 kills over the course of the two match two matches was named National Player of the Week last week. I hesitate to throw this out there, but I don't believe in jinxes and, and stuff like that. So I'm just going to say it. You know, there's a chance. Maybe it's the appropriate time to just start throwing out the word. Possibly, maybe the volleyball team going undefeated. I know. I know. What am I thinking? What in the blue hell is wrong with me? I apologize. But it's a thought that's entered my mind, so it's probably entered other people's minds as well. Of course, they're going to play Wisconsin again, all right, here in the very near future, next couple of weeks. And who knows, they might face them a couple of more times after that before the season is ultimately over. But Nebraska volleyball off to a 23-0 start. Great comeback win over Penn State this past weekend. A sweep of Rutgers, all right, their best start since 2006 when they won the national championship that season. All right, Rico didn't feel like coming in to do any work today. So uh, Jake has taken over. He's helping me out today. Actually, Rico is uh, at the women's basketball game, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Should be should have tipped off about five, six minutes ago. All right, women's basketball kicks off their season today versus, let me see, Northwestern State and the men's basketball team. All right, they kick off a little bit later this evening against Lindenwood. All of that fine basketball will be at Pinnacle Bank arena here in lincoln all right so we got a great show nebraska football all right and before i do that i want to give a shout out to our sponsor as always you know these these programs this radio station what happens here on 93.7 the ticket does not happen without you the people it also does not happen without sponsors and great partners all right so ge landscape supply has pavers and boulders great accents for any backyard landscaping project they sell to homeowners and contractors and they deliver anywhere near far stop by at 6701 cornersker highway check them out at gelandscapesupply.com or call 402-467-1670 all 
0527. All right. And as always, it's never too early to start sending in your questions, comments, concerns for the people's segment the last 10 minutes of this show. All right. You can send those in. Call or text to 402 464 5685. Now, Nebraska, as we know, comes up a little bit short against Michigan State. Frustrating simply because Michigan State, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably one of the worst teams we've played all year, one of the worst teams in the Big Ten, uh, a game that felt very, very winnable. Okay, obviously Nebraska did not play good at all. Michigan State came out more fired up. Michigan State found a way to win. Nebraska did the opposite. Turnovers continue to be a, a gigantic issue. Okay, uh, when, when Harburg started the first couple of games as a quarterback, did a much better job at taking care of the ball, protecting the ball, protecting the rock than Sims did in his first couple of starts. That seems to have reared its ugly head here the past a few games when it comes to this Nebraska football team. The, the offense needs to find something that they can hang its hat on and just keep going with it. Okay. We're obviously, it's obviously not going to be the pass game. We're not going to rely heavy on the pass game. That's not the first thing anybody's going to jump to running the ball and running it and running it and running it and being stronger as the second half went along seemed to be the formula that we were doing in the middle of the season. And then it seemed like ever since the bye week, we haven't been quite as consistent with it. And and I'm not sure why. And I personally, I'd love to see a little bit more option. I know the instant reaction is, oh, well, we Harburg doesn't pitch the ball very much and the ball's already on the ground a ton and it's already all sorts of issues. You know, that's the fair point. I would like to see us go back to being incredibly patient, playing incredibly complimentary football because we have a really good defense. And yes, Michigan State, they put up more points offensively against the Blackshirts than they had in three games. I'm aware of that. I still believe we have a good defense. It was really Michigan State's ability to find big plays here and there. Okay, and I'm going to go through some of the stats real quick from the game. And what you're going to find is that there are st- statistical advantages that Nebraska had, but the big plays was not one of them. Okay, and I, one of my keys coming into the game versus Michigan State was we, we, we have to continue to limit our opponents' big plays. Okay, because teams probably are not going to consistently drive up and down the field on this black shirt defense, but if they can find a way to do, I don't know, a double pass, and get 50 yards and complete it, and then all of a sudden they're at our 12-yard line, well, that makes things a lot easier for them. So the big plays is kind of where Michigan State had a little bit more success than we did. I'd really like to get back to running the ball, being absurdly, almost annoyingly patient on offense, and then when the second half comes around, and I haven't felt like this since before the bye week, where I felt like, man, let's just get to that second half, and we're going to be more physical, and we're going we're gonna to knock them backwards, we're going to move them around, and we're going to be the more physical team. And I haven't felt like that in the second half of a game really since the bye week. I think we've made a concerted effort to try to, I mean, we run the ball plenty. Don't get me wrong. Right. If you look at the stats, we had 41 rushing attempts. Okay. We also threw the ball 28 times for a team that is considerably, absurdly better at running the ball than passing. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm typically, I like 60, 40 offenses, 60 run, 40 pass. But we should not be 60-40, not even close. Uh, two to one would be awfully generous. Uh, 66 and two-thirds and 33 and a third uh, times that we're passing the ball, two to one run to pass. I feel like that would be incredibly generous because we have a defense that's going to keep it close. 
and if we run the ball and we are just consistent and patient with it. And I do like mixing up some options in there because it makes you a little bit more dynamic, a little bit harder to defend. Okay, and then obviously it also sets up the option passes as well. So for me, that's what I'd like to get back to and focusing more offensively these last three games. The Huskers, still only one game away from bowl eligibility. You look at the last three opponents, it's weird. You look, you look at Maryland at one point, I was like, man, they're pretty good. You know, and they're still a team that's probably going to end up in a bowl game. They still can score offensively. They still made improvements through the transfer portal in the front seven defensively. Okay, they got some size, but they're, they're very, very beatable. Lost to Northwestern. At the same time, you can look at them and be like, man, they're not going to be an easy win. I, I don't feel about Maryland like I felt going into the, North, um, the Michigan State game about Michigan. Okay, you look at Wisconsin. Quarterbacks banged up, running backs banged up, wide receiver banged up. Their fans are going off about how this is unacceptable football and this is embarrassing. And I understand that that's how they feel from a Nebraska perspective. They're still Wisconsin and they're still not an easy win, yet they're a very beatable team. Iowa, I mean, my God, that game versus Nebraska might be three to two. It might be two to zero. I have no idea. It might look like a soccer baseball score with two good defenses, and how do I put this, really bad, two bad offenses. Uh, that could be one of the most unentertaining, entertaining, low-scoring games I've ever seen. I, I have a feeling it's going to be fun to watch, ugly to watch, close, which will keep people's interest, plus it's a rivalry game, plus there may be a bowl game on the line, okay, uh, for Nebraska as well. So, you know, those last three games, we're only one game away from a bowl game. Uh, one went away from a bowl game, but like, I have no idea what's going to happen in those last, those last three games. It's it's crazy. They're all winnable, yet not easy teams to beat. All winnable games, yet not not easy teams to beat in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so heads up as always on Mondays, twelve thirty. I'm going to be reacting to Matt Rule's press conference. Okay, we're going to take a commercial break here in about ten minutes. I'll get all the updates there. I will react to that. We'll take another little break, and as always, then we will do the, the people segment the last 10 minutes of the show. But you start to look at some of the stats from the game, and I'm not going to belabor a lot of this. I'm going to go through it quickly. I got a lot of notes here, but I'm going to go through it quickly. First downs, we had 19. They only had 11. Third down efficiency, we converted 33%. They were 3 of 14 on third downs. That is awful from a Michigan State perspective. Great from the Blackshirts perspective. But again, it's the big plays that they were able to find. And it's not like they had a, a, a bunch of them, but they had enough, okay, to where they actually uh, had more total yards than we did. They had more total yards despite having a terrible third down conversion percentage on offense, only having 11 first downs. We had 19, yet they had more total yards. Okay, yards per pass, all right, we averaged 4.6. They had 9.7. They more than doubled us in that category when it comes to rushing I mean, the rush defense was good again. We gave up two yards per carry, only gave up 63 total yards on 31 carries to Michigan State. The black shirts did. All right. As I mentioned earlier, we ran the ball 41 times, 3.6 yards per rush, 148 total yards rushing. We didn't exactly blow it out the water there. Okay. Turnovers. We had three. They had zero. That's really the difference in the game. They were able to manufacture, because I don't know how else to put it. They didn't consistently move the ball on us, but they found a way to score. They manufactured plays so they could score, and we manufactured ways to take the ball out of our own hands and give it to them, a.k.a. turnovers. Okay, penalties. Nebraska had zero. I, I can't remember the last time a Nebraska football team had zero penalties in a game. They had seven for 70. 
All right, so you start to look beyond those stats just a little bit. Okay. Defensively, all right, we were led on the day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, I'm going to start with the quarterback. Okay. Heinrich Harburg, 12 of 28 on the day. 129 yards, 4.6 yards per average, zero touchdowns, two IATs, a Q- QBR 39.3. That's obviously a very rough day. All right, Caden Hauser, Michigan State's quarterback, 13 to 20, 165, 165 yards passing, 8.3 yards uh, per pass. All right, one touchdown, 54.5 QBR. Lante Brown was one for one. That's the former Nebraska transfer, the high school quarterback. Okay, uh, frankly, a guy I was hoping we could have gotten more out of while he was here at that point in time. That's neither here nor there. All right, he completed that 42-yard double pass, okay, which helped set up a Michigan State score. You look at our rushing attack, Emmett Johnson. Is clearly the, the number one back right now, 13 carries, 57 yards, 4.4 yards per carry, one TD. A long run of the day of 11 yards, so not a lot of breakaway plays, not a lot of big plays on our end. Basically, Michigan State didn't turn the ball over, we did. Michigan State found a way to manufacture some plays with uh, bigger outcomes for them and, and bigger plays, and we did not. And that was the difference in the game. Okay, Heinrich Harburg, uh, Second on the team, rushing yards on Saturday, 14 carries, 31 yards, 2.2 yards per carry. Not great. Pretty bad, honestly. Anthony Grant, nine carries, 35 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. He had the long run on the day of 16 yards. Our our pass catchers, okay? I love tight ends. They're one of my favorite things. I was a former high school quarterback, you know, calling plays for the teams that I coach now. Tight ends are a big weapon and a gigantic uh, thing that I use in our offense's arsenal. I love tight ends, but you know Thomas Fedoni, three receptions, 43 yards, 14.3 yards per catch, a long catch on the day of 27 yards, and Malachi Coleman, two receptions, 39 yards, 19.5 yards average, and a long catch on the day of 30 yards. You're really your receiver should one of your receivers should be one of your leading pass catchers. Okay, in, in a perfect world, and then the tight end is the complementary pass catcher. That's how it works. Okay, a receiver should be your top pass catcher, and then your tight end is kind of your safety blanket when it's short yardage situations, when it's goal line situations, when it's a crowded area situation. You got a big target, you take advantage. He should take advantage of. It. He should really be the complimentary pass catcher. All right, and then we had the two fumbles on the day. Okay, you look defensively. Reimer led the black shirts with seven tackles. Gifford had five. Henrich had five. He's had kind of a quiet year this year. Nick Henrich really has freshman Cam Lenhardt. He's a guy to get excited about. He had a sack on the day. So that that's a guy to be excited about, a guy who's got a bright future. Okay, this is something, I don't know how else to put it. It just kind of annoys me. All right, of all the punt returns and kick returns that happened on Saturday, we returned zero kick returns. We only returned one punt return for four yards. Like, we aren't even trying and I know, I know what happens. If you don't have someone you trust to catch the ball without fumbling it, that's by far and away. That's not even number one on the priority list. If you're returning a punt or a kick, it's number one, two, and three. Because if you ain't got the ball, you got all sorts of issues. So I get that. 
We don't have anybody who can catch the ball and just try to return it on a somewhat consistent basis. Like nobody. I mean, you look at Michigan State, okay? They averaged 11 yards per return. Now, they didn't have a bunch of returns, but that's that's a more than a first down advantage that they've moved the ball forward that their offense is starting with every time they have the ball versus Nebraska. That's a big deal when you have what, what, what everyone knew was going to be a low-scoring game and when you have an offense in Nebraska that's struggling. Okay, they, they returned one punt return for eight yards, which is as low as that is. It doubles our punt return yards on the day. So, and Ethan Nation had one, one return for four yards. All right, Tristan Alvano hit his third field goal in a row going back the last few games, so he seems to have found his stride. It wasn't a long one, 24 yards, but he's made a couple of long ones. I'm happy to see him finding his stride. Brian Buscini, he, he's done a fair job this year. I feel like he hasn't been quite the same as a year ago, okay? Five punts, 35.4 yards per punt on average. Pinned them. Michigan State inside their 21 time, long on the day, long punt of 45 yards. All right, Michigan State pinned us inside our 20 three different times. Okay, when you're pinned inside your 23 times and you're struggling on offense, that's tough. When you pretty much have absolutely no return game on offense, uh, on from a special teams perspective to help your offense, that is struggling. That's tough. When you make bad decisions on when to and when not to catch the ball around your five-yard line, that's tough. Those are things that have to absolutely be fixed 100%. And to me, those aren't things that take a process or take a long time. Those are things that do we have somebody back there who can catch the ball and realistically give us an opportunity to average just 10 yards per return. Just get us a first down. I think that's something that can realistically be done. There has to be somebody in the locker room that can at least attempt to do that. So I'm going to leave Michigan State and that game behind us now. I always give my final thoughts. I always do a final stats breakdown. That's what I always do after I watch the film. That's what I do each and every Monday. But Michigan State was what it was. It was a disappointment. It was a bad game. It's a tough loss. And the way I see it, it's one of four. We have five wins and four losses, and it is now one of four. No more, no less. I'm ready to move on and move forward with we got basketball, we got volleyball, and we got another game coming up versus Maryland and football this Saturday. Now, I will say this. November... Anybody who knows me, like Halloween, okay, through January 1st is my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year, number one, because it's the games that are played in November are the ones you remember, okay? So I'm going to talk a little bit more broad college football today. I know we got a commercial break coming up here soon, but I want to do that throughout the show because now we're getting to the most exciting part and the time of the year of college football as a whole. Also, you got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, bowl games that used to be exciting. Okay, but college football playoff, things of that nature. So that is literally my favorite two months of the entire year. My particular favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I love Thanksgiving because you got the food, you got family, you got football, you got the Cowboys losing more often than not, which is always great. You got rivalry weekend. You got championship weekend coming up right after that. Pretty soon we'll have 12 college football playoff teams, okay, and an extended college football playoff. I used to love the bowl games. Let's be honest. The bowl games are dead. When people started sitting out of the Rose Bowl, that was the last bowl game that was sacred outside of the two college football playoff games every year. When they started sitting out of the Rose Bowl, I officially just – I decided that the bowl games are dead as they are, 
And so if that's, if that is what it is, which makes me sad, fine, I'll buy into more college football playoff teams. It's not particularly the way I would have chosen to do it, but it's still my favorite time of the year because of the holidays. I love when the weather gets colder. I'm a big guy. Big guys don't like hot weather. We like it when it's a little chillier. Okay. And it's the best time of the year for college football in general. So I want to get through a couple of these. We're going to go to commercial break. Then I'll react to rules presser. Okay. And then I'll finish my thoughts on the, this past weekend's college football games along with the people segment. You start off with, man, I had two TVs going at once. Alabama, LSU, Washington, USC. And there was nobody playing any sort of defense anywhere on either one of those TVs. As a defensive guy, it made me want to vomit. As a college football fan, I, I was happier than a pig in poop, to quote Doug Ostergaard last week, who was on my show on Friday. I love Doug. That was a great quote. All right, Alabama, number eight. I keep waiting for them to lose, and they just keep winning. It's, it's amazing to me. All right, they outlasted LSU 42-28. to 28. Now, I will say this. I'm, I hate the targeting penalty. I hate that there's roughing the passer anytime you just place a pinky fingernail on a quarterback. Okay, but Jaden Daniels, got he got knocked out of the game. With that hit, if you saw it, it was targeting, and it, dis, it, it knocked him out of the game, and LSU didn't score again. Okay, and he's a Heisman Trophy candidate, and that is a legit LSU offense with a bad defense, and once their quarterback was gone, Alabama had the game won. Alabama wins 42-28 to 28 over LSU. All right, now, that Washington-USC game. USC actually hung in there better than I thought they would. Uh, I, I didn't give them much of a chance at all. They can score. Caleb Williams, the dude, is going to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Yes, I know he was crying afterwards, and I know there's all sorts of mixed reactions to that. It is what it is. It was an exciting game. Washington with a healthy Michael Penix Jr., that dude is a top 10 draft pick, maybe the Heisman Trophy winner this year. I still don't think Washington will beat Oregon in the rematch of the Pac-12 football game, but they beat them earlier this year, and I go by what happened on the field, not my opinion. So I love – they might be my favorite team to watch right now. Nebraska's always going to be number one. But outside of Nebraska, they are my favorite team to watch right now, the Washington Huskies. They're a, they, they beat USC in the Coliseum 52 to 42. All right, USC actually, so I, I know some USC fans, and I got a text from one of them. His name's Louie. Louie, how you doing, buddy? Sends me this text, and it's a screenshot that USC's defensive coordinator has been fired, and he just simply says, thank God, with like five exclamation points. I responded with, wait, what? USC had a defensive coordinator? I had no idea. And so he took it in stride. He laughed. He didn't actually think it was funny, but he rolled with my joke, and I much appreciated it. Okay, so Washington gets the win over USC 52 to 42. If you were like me and you stayed up and you watched Oregon State and Colorado late Saturday night, Colorado is still in year one. And they came out on fire talking about receipts and all this and that. And they 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 kind of made their own life a little bit harder with and but they're gonna talk. That's what that's who Dion is. I mean, he's prime time, baby. That's what he did as a player, it's what he's gonna do as a coach, it's who he is. But you could argue that their, their program's in a lot of disarray. I mean, they changed their, their play color this week, and then the post-game press conference, one of the reporters asked Shadur Sanders, do you prefer who calls your plays? And Shadur got all upset about it, was very unhappy about it. That's a set-up question. How dare you ask me this? And Shadur, you were right, but maybe as an overall whole, react a little bit differently. But they are 2-5 and five 
Colorado is since they played Nebraska. And the odds of them going to a bowl game are not great. They got like UCLA. They got like Utah. I think Washington State. I have to look at their schedule again. But all teams that are capable of beating them. So Colorado uh, falls to Oregon State 26 to 19. But man, and then to, you know, in their defense, I know I'm, I'm defending Colorado here, but I try to be objective. They have one of the toughest schedules in the entire country. My wife, when we're watching them play Oregon State, she goes, every time we watch Colorado, they're playing a ranked team. She ain't wrong. I mean, they have a, one of the toughest schedules in the entire country. Now, I don't feel one iota sorry for them, uh, but, but the facts are what they are. The facts don't care about people's feelings. The fact is it's year one. The fact is they ran their mouth. The fact is they started hot. The fact is now they're getting a bunch of blowback. It looks like it's in disarray. And the fact is they play a tough schedule. It is what it is, okay? I still find them... I find them a lot less entertaining to watch. They've only actually scored over 20 points once in their last three games. So they're, even, they're struggling on offense, and they're not any good at defense. Okay. So they, they got some issues going on down there in Colorado as well. It is still, still, still year one under Dion. So I'm curious to see how they can finish the year and then what they can do going into next year as well. And then obviously we get them in good old Lincoln, Nebraska. All right. I know we're up against it. I got a few more games I want to talk about before we get – uh, before we uh, wrap up the program later on today, but we're going to take a break, pay some bills, talk about Matt Rule's press conference, and uh, chat a little bit more college football. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.